A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Judea, and from the Jordan area, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing in upon him to touch him. Whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. He warned them sternly not to make this known. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the letter of Hebrews. It, we, we don't know who the author is, but it was determined early on when the canon of Scripture was put together that it should be in the canon of Scriptures. And the canon means those books that are approved, because there are many other books that didn't get into the Scriptures as approved readings. But the, the book of, and the letter of Hebrews really gives us a historical basis of our faith and it brings us back to how the hebrews worshiped and how the interpretation of the author jesus fulfilled that worship and today's reading gives us a good example of that basically what it says is every year the priests of, of jerusalem would go to the holy of holies and offer sacrifice for themselves and for the people and there's a term that comes out of that that's, that we still use today. And the idea was that the priest is bringing the people's sin to God for forgiveness. And at the end of the sacrifice, he would get a goat, not a lamb, a goat. And he would hold his hands over the goat and they would get that goat. The pres presumption was the sin of the people going through the priest onto the goat. They would get that goat and lead him out into the desert to get lost. He became a scapegoat. And we still use that term, scapegoat. Someone who stands in for something that he didn't do, but he's blamed for it. Okay. Now, Jesus becomes our scapegoat in the New Testament. However, the idea of the priest offering sacrifice to God and the priest himself was a sinner, a, a man like us, changes with Jesus. And this all, we appreciate this from the letter of the Hebrews. The understanding is that Jesus is the priest who has no sins. His altar is the cross. So he's sacrificed on the cross. And listen to this. The sacrifice is to the Father. The irony of it is that Jesus is God. So the, the undefiled, clean, spiritually perfect priest, Jesus, offers sacrifice to the Father, and he is God himself. So it all comes together as Jesus being both the priest, the sacrifice, and the recipient of our sins. And that was all summarized on the cross. So when Jesus heals people, he's not healing people because he's a magician. He's healing people because, one, they have faith in him, 
and he's healing people because he is God and has the power to do so. And this scripture from Mark, we have it clearly spelled out. He's healing people left and right, crowds are coming in, and someone who has an unclean spirit, could have been possessed, or could have been Satan himself, shouts out, you are the son of God. It's not a compliment. You are the son of God, like, beat it. And Jesus warns him to be kept quiet. And he sternly warns him not to make Jesus known. But of course, the author of of Mark says he's going to make him known. By telling him to shut up, he's still going to make him known. Jesus is being made known as the Son of God. So here we have the Son of God offering himself on the cross, that's the altar, to God the Father, and he and God the Father are one, and the sacrifice, therefore, is perfect. So we come here, and we offer our prayers, and we offer the gifts of bread and wine, and we ask God to accept them, our sacrifice, our sins, our intentions, and he gives them back to us as the body in the Eucharist of his son, Jesus. So it all comes together. And all of that comes from the roots of it, come from the book of Hebrews, the letter of Hebrews. And it, it gives us a historical appreciation of our ancestry, where we, where we came from as a worshiping community. And nothing we do here in the sanctuary is unique. It's all reminiscent and based on the model of the temple. As a matter of fact, the, the altar is no longer just an altar of sacrifice. It, the altar represents Jesus. So here we are, and a priest comes and takes your intentions and offers them to the Father. And the Father says, okay, I accept them, and here is my son in return. He doesn't say it in those words, but he gives us the Eucharist. So that when we leave here, we're not scapegoats. We leave here filled with Jesus, who is the Savior. He saved us from our sins. That's why he's called the Savior, Salvatore. And it's, it's so important for us to realize that every time we gather in the Eucharist, we're doing the same thing that was done on Calvary. We're offering Jesus to the Father, and the Father gives him back to us, alive. That's why this isn't just a re repetition. When we get to this altar, we are there on Calvary. When we get to this altar, we are surpassing the, the offerings and the sacrifice of the temple. And the great surpasser is the great high priest, Jesus. And he's the one we celebrate. We leave here, we leave here shouting, he is the son of God. And we're confident of that. Thank you.